0: I'm the co-president of UPIDS
1: and I represent the Palestinian Perspective. Yeah, hi. I'm Stav. I'm the other co-president of UPIDS. I'm half Norwegian, half Israeli, uh, studying IR and international law. Very excited to be here. Thanks again for inviting us.
2: Yeah, so let's dive right into it. Um, So what is UPIDS?
1: So we founded UPIDS um, a couple of years ago, because we saw that there was a problem in UK campuses in general of echo chambers, where people of different perspectives didn't really get to engage with each other and only heard those of their same kind of uh, disposition or the same opinions. And that's why we founded UPIDS, which is meant to be a non-partisan space for anyone of any background to talk about their personal background, their personal experiences. Uh, culture, politics, anything really to do with Palestinian or Israeli issues.
2: Um, Do you want to loop in on that as well, Yasmin?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, Just basically what Stav said, um, where everybody can kind of come in and say their opinions regardless of what they are and feel comfortable um, because it's kind of a safe space. And we wanted to do it in Edinburgh, where both student and staff can participate um, regardless of their cultural background.
1: No, I think just part of the nice thing is that even though the organization itself as a platform is nonpartisan, the people that take part in it are very partisan. So, for example, that's why we have two co-presidents, so Yasmin and myself, that are each meant to kind of bring different uh, Palestinian perspective and Israeli perspective to the table. And in addition to that, you know, our com- our committee is very, very diverse. So last year I haven't counted this year yet, but last year we had people from 10 different nationalities, you know, four different religions. Uh, we had everyone from, you know, a Ph.D. student to a fresher. So we have a very, very diverse uh, committee and the people that come to the events are very diverse as well.
2: So you, you mentioned echo chambers. What do you kind of do in, in your events or in how your society structured to avoid that problem?
0: So Stav and I kind of take the lead and ask questions, um, especially when the conversation kind of leans towards one perspective. We kind of try to play the devil's advocate and ask like questions where everybody can kind of engage in. Um, Stav, would you like to add on that?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, there are two layers to this, right? Like the first layer is just what speakers we invite in the first place, where we do try to have a kind of balance, not only between Palestinian and Israeli speakers, but of course, we all know that there is a whole range of perspectives, both amongst Israelis and Palestinians, and of course, people from other countries uh, on these topics. So we do try to have a variety. But as Yasmin says, the idea is that all of our events are based on discussion, are based on dialogue. And once we have people from all of these perspectives coming in, even as participants, And since, you know, we don't have a setting where we only have a lecture from, you know, a speaker to everyone else that, you know, they just kind of uh, soak it all in. (laughs) Then we also have, uh, they are also able to play the devil's advocate and they are also able to kind of engage in the conversation and challenge the speakers that are coming in, as Yasmin said. So I think it's both us and the people that are coming in that are doing that.
0: Also, there, I think, is another layer regarding our events. We always kind of try to make sure that they're two different perspectives. So, like, for example, if we have a panel, we have perhaps like a Palestinian speaker and an Israeli speaker to kind of show both sides. Um, We try not to make our events lean towards only one perspective. So I think that is another good thing about what we do.
2: So how does a typical event kind of run by you get structured? Is there... Speakers at the start that kind of have a talk and then you have discussion afterwards, or is it kind of more preformed debate style? What's the general?
1: It really, really depends on the event, right, Yasmeen? Like, <laughs> I think we've had <laughs> a range of events over the past years. So, some of them are exactly what you're describing, you know, where we have a speaker coming in, like a seminar, um, and then we have a discussion circle led by Yasmeen and myself afterwards. Some of them are more like panels where we have, you know, each of the panelists present something and then a discussion between them and then a wider discussion with the audience. And then some of them are completely student led. So without an outside speaker. So, for example, when we had an event about the deal of the century, uh, we had different students just read kind of different segments of this document, which is, I think, how, how long was it? 200 and something pages long quite long. So then we just divided it between various students and then each of us presented a bit of it from a different perspective. So then we got all of those involved as well and discussed each section as well.
2: So do you want to talk a bit about what kind of some of the events you've had in the past that have been kind of fairly successful or that stand out to you?
0: Yeah, so we had um, the Deal of the Century event, which Stav mentioned, which I thought was very interesting because we got students come in and they gave their perspective on each part of the deal, which I personally really enjoyed another kind of student-led event that we had was like this platonic speed dating where we had a powerpoint presentation up and we had different topics and we would give people around two minutes to discuss um, their opinions regarding that topic with different people and i think people really enjoyed that because they got to see how many different perspectives there were there were regarding this very complicated issue so that was another one and i feel like because we have a lot of seminars, people get to engage with people that they wouldn't normally engage with. And for example, we had the Avi Dabush event. Um, that was like a high profile speaker that perhaps people wouldn't have interacted with otherwise. So, yeah, stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I think that we are bringing in pretty high profile speakers, honestly. I mean, Yasmin mentioned Avi Dabush, who, if you don't know him, is the current director of the Rabbis for Human Rights. So very, very big. And he actually flew in uh, from Israel and was on a tour around the country with an organization called Yachadia. And then we also had Mira Awad, who was a contestant actually on Eurovision. And we presented uh, an exclusive screening of an episode of one of her actually films that she's producing now, or series, sorry, called Muna. Um, and so that was really exciting. So we have had some pretty, pretty high-end speakers. I mean, on Sunday, we're hosting uh, Sharon Avram Weiss, who was named as uh, one of the 10 most kind of influential social activists uh, in Israel, in addition to Fadwa Hawaja, who uh, also took part in the Oslo Accords. So we are actually hosting very high-end speakers in addition to those student-led events that Yasmin mentioned as well.
0: Yeah, I think the range of our events are quite interesting as well. I mean, there is a like the discussion base, but in terms of the speakers that we bring in, you know, we bring in politicians, bring in creators, bring in um, people involved with humanitarian uh, kind of um, issues. So that's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I forgot to mention, actually, the senior officer from Oxfam that we also brought in over the summer to kind of brief us over the uh, humanitarian situation in Gaza right now. Uh, so there are all of these speakers, and and like you said, Yasmin, that does bring in a lot of different topics. You know, from gender to humanitarian issues. To uh, we talked a bit about epidemiology, so the spread of diseases. Um, lots of interesting stuff.
2: It's incredible you're getting so many kind of big big name speakers. What do you think is it that attracts them to your organization?
1: I mean, we ask them. <laughs> <laughs> we just go around asking. <laughs> well.
2: Yeah, simple <laughs> answer. That's good. <laughs> so do, you, do you find most people you ask kind of are receptive to the idea of coming in and, and talking about the, this stuff?
1: Definitely. I think that there is always some skepticism. I think it's very hard, especially on this topic, because many, many of us are very used to seeing this as a uh, kind of very, uh, how do I say, a very divisive topic, a topic that's based on two separate camps. And so I think this is a very unusual space. And usually there are also associations with these kind of spaces that they themselves become echo chambers, right? Where you have a certain, so, you know, quote unquote, peace camp that tries to bring people together, that tries to have dialogue. And we're really trying to kind of expand beyond that, not to get stuck in our own little echo chamber of people that are willing to talk to other people, but just create a platform where anyone can speak and anyone can hear other perspectives, really. I think that is something that is quite unique, actually, with UPIDS.
0: Yeah, and I think another misconception is that people think we're a solution-based society, where we try to bring palestinian Israelis together to form co- some kind of solution regarding the conflict. But I don't think that's what we do at all. I think we're just trying to have the space where people can just express their opinions um, and learn more about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Um, and I think that is what attracts our speakers, you know, because we're nonpartisan, because we present ourselves as neutral, um, they feel like they can come and engage with us. So,
1: And that allows the discussions themselves as well to be much more nuanced, to show many different perspectives and not necessarily to have an agenda behind them, if that makes sense. Obviously, all of us as individuals were also involved with other organizations that are partisan, that are you know trying to get across an agenda. But many people on the committee are trying to you know are involved in organizations that push things in different ways. If that makes sense. So, for example, last year we had um, someone who was completely you know didn't didn't believe in the existence of the state of Israel on committee, and we also had someone who was extremely Zionist on committee. And so uh, we do have people that have different ideas, but the idea is that the society as a space allows um, these perspectives to interact with each other.
0: Yeah, and I think it's quite useful even within the committee because when we have our committee discussions, for example, um, Stav and I might push like a certain event, but then, you know, um, by having both like very opposite perspectives in the committee, we can kind of find a way to bring something that appeases both. So I think that's quite interesting.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of amazing. Um, Not many societies would manage a committee with such differing views, um, do you find it, I mean obviously I, I'm sure it's helpful for kind of organizing events, but do you find like having people with such different views on committee makes things difficult to do, to organize, or is everyone kind of committed to working together?
1: I think both, right? Doesn't have to be either or. <laughs> I think things can be difficult with, with people still being committed to work together and I think that's part of the strength of UFIT. Uh, that we do manage to get over that difficulty and to find a way to create this space.
0: I think it's quite important to mention that I think our committee members do know that we try to make this um, society as neutral as possible. So I don't think uh, they come in with a certain agenda to push. Um, they do kind of understand that we are nonpartisan and try to, um, you know, conform to that.
2: Um, so. Moving on a wee bit in terms of the, kind of how your society is structured, what's the general setup? Obviously, the two of you are in committee. Who else is in committee, and kind of how do you organise your members and things like that?
1: So we have um, eight other committee members now. I'm trying to count because we recently were in the process of recruiting a freshers rep which has not been an easy thing to do, surprisingly, with Corona. You know, when you can't do shout outs and lectures anymore. I'm not sure if you've heard that from the other societies you've been talking to.
0: And even the Freshers' Fair, we weren't able to do in person
1: this time. So it was much harder to, I guess, get first years involved. I think when you mentioned the members as well, one thing that is special with us is that membership is completely free. Um, and entrance to all of the events is free as well. Uh, so that ensures that we can stay nonpartisan and also make sure that we're open to everyone and don't have any barriers to access not on, you know, financial basis, but also if someone, for example, is still a bit skeptical about our aims, about the fact that we are nonpartisan, then they can just take part in an event and see for themselves without being forced to actually support us, which many other societies often do.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's quite powerful. Um, In terms of kind of skepticism, do you face? I imagine you face a lot of kind of skepticism and cynicism, and on the part of other students not necessarily seeing the neutrality. How do you kind of deal with that?
1: I think it has been getting better, and it's been obviously sorry. I feel like I'm talking a lot, so (laughs) take over after this. Um, But I feel like it has been a bit harder at the start when we got started because people didn't really see what kind of events we're going to be putting on, you know, and had lots of misconceptions about the society that weren't even related to anything we were doing. So there were all these rumors going around. A friend of mine told me, oh, I heard that UPIDS uh, means that Egyptians are stupid, you know which obviously is just a ridiculous assertion. Um, And so all these kind of really, really random things that weren't related at all to what we were doing. You know, people saying don't go to their events before the event actually happened. Um, And so I think now we are much more well-established. We're able to kind of collaborate with other societies on campus as well. You know, we won the Outstanding Society of the Year Award last year of USA. So I feel like we are already established and people know that they can rely on us to be a nonpartisan platform, and and bring um, events that are of quality.
2: Yeah, so I mean, what what did you kind of do other than just kind of running events, or unless it was just running events, to kind of push back against that that backlash and to try and show people what you're about.
0: I think that we try to do that through our social media platforms. Um, I kind of tried to push our media officer last year to kind of create a website. Um, So you can take a look at that if you would like. Um, But I think just having information about what our mission, our purpose, our aims are, um, having some kind of information about our committee members and what their perspectives are. So I am quite pro-Palestinian, as I am Palestinian myself. I mentioned that in the website. And I think other members as well put what their stances were and I think that just kind of makes people more comfortable to see different perspectives for themselves you know on on the website. Um, We also like are very active on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter Um, so I think just having these different platforms hopefully helps push back against this skepticism.
1: Yeah I definitely agree that this kind of transparency really allows people to trust us more. I think also just reaching out both on a personal level at the beginning, you know, when we were quite a small society to try to talk to our friends, to get them involved, to talk to sceptical people face to face, you know, uh, to talk to various societies and reach out and try to collaborate on events. I think all these things step by step, I mean, a wider kind of circle of people is aware of what UPIDS is and what UPIDS does, what UPIDS isn't.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, in terms of kind of your events, I, I know you're, you're obviously not trying to force people to change their minds, but what do, you, what do people generally get out of them? Do they come away with, you know, changed opinions? Do they come away with just a different appreciation of the other side of the argument? What's What are you kind of aiming to, to give people?
0: I think maybe different appreciation, uh, I'm sorry, appreciation of different perspectives. Um, yeah, I just think that People should come out maybe a bit more knowledgeable about the conflict. Um, I personally like don't know everything about it, um, but I feel like every time I go to our events, I learn so much because the speakers themselves bring out, um, you know, their own personal experiences, their, you know, how they've dealt with the conflict in their lives. Um, yeah, and just generally, the questions that people ask are very thought provoking, and I feel that every time I go, it's just it's so amazing. So.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think there's in a way there's the knowledge that we gain from the speakers, from the texts that we read and so on. Uh, but then there's also just the space itself that gives something to people, you know, that ability to engage in kind of nuanced discussion about the topic that isn't, you know, shouting across the university campus and throwing things at each other. I think that that, you know, in and of itself, as sad as it is, you know, that is a development and that is something that we're giving people. Um, and I think for me as well, it's been really useful um, to hear different perspectives, you know, to have my own views challenged time and time again, you know, to have people kind of put a mirror up in front of me and and, and ask me, you know? So I think that that's something that definitely, um, adds something to people that are coming.
0: That's a good way of putting it. (laughs)
2: Um, yeah. So in terms of the kind of global outlook on this, um, you mentioned previously that you've kind of got an international network of other societies you're linked to. Do you want to speak a bit about that?
1: Yeah, actually super, super excited about this. (laughs) Um, I think it was last year that someone from Cardiff reached out and said, oh, you know, this looks like a great society. How do I get started? You know, how do I do something similar here? And they actually established a really successful society down there. And then recently we also had someone from Glasgow asking us the same thing. We also reached out to similar societies at LSC and Bristol. And then recently, very, very excitingly, uh, we also got a message from someone in Ontario, in Canada and the University of York. Um, and they're also setting up a society like that over there right now as well. So it's been really, really nice to have this uh, international network to be able to support each other and to be able to kind of spread these spaces to other campuses as well. And again, this isn't meant to replace any other societies that already exist, whether a pro-Palestinian society or a pro-Israeli society. The idea is that this can uh, exist in parallel to such organizations.
0: Yeah, I just think it's quite interesting that there is a lot of societies that kind of have the same agenda as we do. And yeah, the fact that we work together, we kind of share the contacts that we have and um, maybe like discuss how is the best way to present ourselves as nonpartisan. So I think that having this kind of support network is really useful and beneficial. And hopefully there will be more societies in the future that are similar to us.
2: So do you find yourself working together a lot in terms of, have you, like, have you run any joint events or is it more kind of just knowing that those other societies are out there and having that kind of link?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly, yeah, I think mostly so far it's just been kind of like advising each other, you know, asking for help, asking for promotion of our own events. But especially now when everything is online, we we have some plans, so stay tuned, very, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we'll just keep it to ourselves for now. But there are some plans, actually, to make this network a bit more solid as well.
2: Um, yeah. So I guess kind of looking more again at the international context, um, where do you kind of see yourselves in that? Where do you see yourselves as, as, as part of a solution or as part of the kind of wider conversation?
0: I don't think we're exactly part of the solution, but I think by pushing forward um, you know, dialogue and getting the, the new generation to kind of, and all generations, to view the conflict differently or through different perspectives, I think perhaps we could lead to a solution, like the people involved in the society or listening to our events might maybe one day try to be part of the solution.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very personal thing. I mean, I think like, as we said, right, as a society, we don't really have a an aim on this so it is more of a personal thing and on a personal level I don't know if I agree like I think I don't know I don't think that what we do in Edinburgh is really going to you know impact the situation over there like I don't think that's the aim either The aim, at least for me personally right is just to create a more healthy discussion is to have a space where this discussion is made possible and where people can interact with with others that they wouldn't have been able to interact with otherwise that you know Maybe in other situations, they only would have been on that other side of the picket fence, you know, shouting at. So I think that's uh, personally what I'm here to do and also to learn more.
2: This may be more in the personal side, so feel free not to answer. But you, you both mentioned you're kind of involved in other more partisan initiatives. How do you think being involved in UPIDS has affected your, your work kind of in that direction?
1: I don't know if it has if it has affected um, my work outside of it. I mean, it has affected my personal views, right? It has made my views more complete, more um, detailed in many ways. Um, But I don't know if it has necessarily affected my work, except for, you know, practical skills like learning how to organize events, like as you say, with these high end speakers, um, all, all of those kinds of skills that definitely have been useful.
0: Yeah, I agree with Stav. I I think that my personal opinions probably haven't changed that much, but um, probably the basis of them has become more solidified and more detailed. And so when people ask me about my opinion about certain issues, if we had like an event about it, or I just talked to people in our committee about it, then I feel that I can more strongly kind of back it up with evidence and facts, uh, which I gained from the society. And Maybe later on, if I decide to take part in an organization initiative after university, I think that having this experience at UPIDS is useful.
2: Um, so to move on slightly to kind of outreach and how you reach out to people, um, what's your kind of pitch for new students? If you're kind of talking to new students, like what, why should they join UPIDS?
1: I think it really depends on which student you're talking to, right? Like, <laughs> the pitch for a fresher is very different for a pitch to a PhD. I think we have our elevator pitch, which is kind of what I said at the beginning. You know, it's our mission statement. Um, yeah, we can repeat it again. Like what mean and I know it by heart now. I think.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so so what what's the kind of difference there between reaching out to freshers and to to PhD students? How do you, how do you change your message?
1: I think the message doesn't change, I think we just change uh, what we say will be interesting for them. So, for example, now we're starting um, a post-grad reading group, which not, might not be you know, the most exciting thing for a fresher. So, for example, we'll make sure to mention that. And maybe when we're talking to a fresher, we'll mention the social elements of this, more the com- community that we build. Uh, so we just try to see kind of what they're looking for, what we were looking for at different stages of our university journey <laughs> and, uh, and seeing how we can fit in there.
2: Obviously, as a new society, this this might not be as important as it is for some others. But for a lot of societies, it's quite hard to kind of get involved if you didn't in first and second year to like to get involved later on in university. Does do you, do you find difficulty reaching out to third and fourth years or is that kind of not really relevant here?
0: Well, I think depending on where you are in the committee, the levels will differ. So. I guess like fourth years probably wouldn't take an exact position like you know co-president or um, treasurer or something like that maybe they would take you know something with less responsibility like fundraising um but yeah i think i think we've had quite a range of people in our committee and post-grad i mean it's only one year and people are still involved so i don't think it really makes a difference
2: all right so i guess the the big kind of elephant in the room is covered. How how has that affected things?
0: I think it's made it um, a little bit difficult to get speakers in one way. um, We we can access more speakers because we can just send an email out and we don't have to fly them in. So, you know, regarding our online events, it's like very helpful and we don't have to use any kind of money to get them to come over. So, you know, it's free. But on the other hand, I think that it's quite easy for speakers to cancel and to, you know, it's more flexible for them in that sense. Whereas if they committed to coming to our events in person, I feel like it would be a lot more concrete. So it's, there's, there's ups and downs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with Yasmin. I think also it's, it's been helping us kind of reach a much, much wider audience of people. So for our event on Sunday, we're completely fully booked. So we have 100 registrations and still people getting on the waiting list, um, which is not something that would have happened in Edinburgh, I don't think, (laughs) because we are having people from across the world. But at the same time, it does make it a bit less personal. You don't have that chat before events, that chat after events. You know, we would take our speakers out to dinner with a few members of the community who would want to join as well after events. So you don't have those kind of more social, more personal elements that I think especially or must be difficult for freshers, to be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm feeling really, really lucky that I was not a first-year this year, because I think it must be really hard for them in all societies to make new friends and to have that kind of more social element.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Stav, because last year I was actually a first-year, so I think that being part of, U- of UPIDS really helped me settle in and find new friends and just engage with people that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I think, I think we're really missing that social aspect. Which, you know can't be helped but i really wish you know that wasn't the case
2: yeah um i mean so looking forward to the to the coming kind of semester what kind of things are you kind of most excited about you know obviously with through the lens of covid but what things are you, are you doing that you're most excited about seeing
1: i'm very excited for a panel we're planning for um lgbt history month in february So we're planning, yeah, basically an LGBTQ plus panel about, you know, with Palestinian um, and Israeli queer people uh, to talk about a lot of the politicization as well of LGBTQ plus issues uh, in relation to the conflict. So I don't know if you guys heard of like terms like pinkwashing. There was the recent story about uh, the Trina company as well that started selling or giving away money to an Israeli. Uh, queer uh, rights organization. So I think there are lots and lots of interesting stories about that that I'm really excited uh, to explore with our panel in February. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of on a personal note. How about you, Yasmin? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm quite excited about the potential that we have for next year. So as you know, Biden got elected, um, and I'm sure that we're going to have a lot of news regarding Palestine and Israel for next semester. Like um, last semester, we did the Deal of the Century, that was kind of a spontaneous event because, you know, reg- just as the news changes, I think we base our events on that. So I'm sure that we'll have something, um, you know, regarding American politics next semester. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess America does kind of have an outsized influence on quite a lot of things globally. Um, do you find you in terms of kind of discussing politics, do you find it's mostly American um policies you're discussing or are there other kind of countries that play an outsized role here? Obviously Palestine and Israel, but you know, countries other than that.
0: I don't think we focus on specific countries. I think just because um last semester, you know, the Trump deal um and Netanyahu, I think that just naturally, you know, we we had we just had to do an event on that, you know, it was very relevant. Um yeah, I mean next semester it could be a different country that is involved, so Yeah, that was just an example.
1: I think, I mean, we have been also talking about things like, you know, the EU's influence, um, even the UK's influence, uh, both in the past in terms of the mandate and in the present. So these are things that we're talking about, even just by existing, you know, as a society, I think we're part of that discourse.